Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. WABC. One man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic Carter. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and happy Thanksgiving to all of you from all of us here at 77 WABC. We hope you enjoy this day and the manner in which you're celebrating, whether it's with friends, family, make the best of it. Happy Thanksgiving. We have a lot to get to this morning. The car never made it to the Canadian side of the border. And a uh, border patrol officer who was actually in the checkpoint booth at the time suffered minor injuries and was treated and released. What I'm trying to tell you, folks, two people were dead that were in the vehicle. No terrorist activity at the Rainbow brain, Rainbow <laughs> Rainbow. Bridge uh, car explosion, according to Governor Hoku, after the vehicle was going 100 miles an hour and hit the checkpoint barrier at the border. Now, I've got to tell you, folks, I have a lot of questions about this. I've traveled this bridge numerous times myself, whether being going to Canada to give a speech, going to Canada to uh, go to a spa, going to Canada to go to the casino or taking my kids there when they were young. And my my way of remembering the bridge is that there's no way possible to get to the checkpoint area going 100 miles an hour because there are normally a bunch of vehicles waiting online to get across the border either way, either from Niagara Falls overlooking the beautiful falls into Canada or from Canada, for example, if I was coming back from Toronto, right? So you drive to uh, Niagara Falls, Canada, and then drive from Niagara Falls, Canada, back to Niagara Falls, New York. I don't know. The governor says that um, not terrorist-related, but I don't know. I want you folks to listen to what Governor Hoku had to say. Stress levels are already high, and we've been on heightened alert since October 7th. That's why it's so important for me to stand here and tell the world based on what we know at this moment, and again, anything can change, there is no sign of terrorist activity with respect to this crash. We've identified that this is a local individual, a Western New Yorker. Two individuals died in the the vehicle. The Border Patrol individual working in the booth was injured. The booth literally protected that individual. They went to the hospital with minor injuries and have been released. This vehicle basically incinerated. Nothing is left but the engine. 
the pieces are scattered over 13, 14 booths. So it is a large scene, and it's going to take a lot of time for our federal law enforcement partners, who are with me here today and I'll identify, to be able to piece together the real story, to identify the make of the car. Obviously, there is not a license plate. Interesting. Governor Hochul addressing the media and the country worried as tensions are high. We're going to discuss this. Plus, I will continue my discussion from earlier. I filled in for Bill O'Reilly in terms of the conviction of the four police officers in the George Floyd case and how a new documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis, indicates that these officers, including Derek Chauvin, deserve a new trial. We'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. But you just heard the governor, and we're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines right now. Dominic Carter here with you on this Thanksgiving morning, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Shocking videos captured the moment that the car goes airborne, exploding on the Rainbow Bridge at the U.S.-Canada border. Now, there are several ways on uh, in terms of our venue, our area, to get to Canada, right? You can get to Canada going through the Montreal side, right? So that's a New York state as well. And along the Canadian border going from the Niagara Falls route, I know of two ways to uh, reach Canada, and this is the one that is mostly populated uh, in terms of the one that people go over all the time, the Rainbow Bridge and this car explosion. So investigators, including from the FBI on location, local police departments, ruling out the possibility of a car bomb. I, I understand that, and apparently, apparently, authorities did find something in the debris on the ground that looked of interest, but it turned up negative for explosives. Again, I have traveled this bridge, I'd say five or six times, um, round trip, so maybe twelve times. And whether you're coming from Canada, whether you're coming from Niagara Falls, New York. You, you normally have to get online. It's a long line. You have to stop and wait, stop and go, stop and go. So maybe the line wasn't long uh, to get from the New York to Canada side. I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but investigators believe two people were in the vehicle, a man and a woman, and they may have been heading from a casino because now you have casinos in Niagara Falls, New York as well that they may have been heading from a casino in Niagara Falls to a KISS concert in Ontario. So a KISS concert uh, in Ontario, how they're able to piece all this together this fast, I'm I'm not exactly sure. Uh, The driver, again, a Western New York resident going at a high rate of speed when he swerved into a U.S. Customs and Border Patrol barrier at a checkpoint on the U.S. side, Governor Hochul says, And again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, they never made it to the Canadian side of the border. A patrol officer, in terms of border patrol, who was in the checkpoint booth at the time, suffered minor injuries. 
and was treated at a hospital and then released. It is the booth that perhaps protected the life of this uh, Border Patrol uh, officer. So security cameras are released by the uh, Border Patrol, showed the car zooming through an intersection, ramming into a into a low median, and then going airborne near an airborne near an inspection booth before crashing out of the camera's view. Let's go ahead and start uh, with, with your telephone calls on this Thanksgiving morning. Let's begin with Patricia in Brooklyn. Good morning, Patricia, and happy Thanksgiving to you. The same to you, Dominic. I, I just want to thank you. You got me through a lot. I mean, you are such a special human being. You came on at 9 p.m. last night. Now you're back on. I, your poor wife, your kids, where is dad? He's always working. You are a wonderful, wonderful person. Thank you. That and is very Thank you, Patricia. That's very kind to you. How, how are you going to celebrate Thanksgiving? I'm kind of alone, but okay. whatever. You know, okay. you just make, make do. You don't get, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You're grateful yes. you're alive. You wake up. That's, you're you're that's grateful that you're alive. And Patricia, I, I am deeply honored uh, that you're telling me that you're starting your Thanksgiving with us here at WABC, especially considering you said that, you know, you, you're alone on, on this holiday. Uh, because let's share it together. You know, we we in this radio community yeah. are a family. Uh, you're part of the family. I'm part of the family. Everybody within the sound of my voice is part of the family. And we're just glad that you're starting your Thanksgiving with us. So we want you to have a beautiful day, Patricia. Thank you, Dominic, and your family, too. Thank you. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I see the calls on George Floyd. We're going to get to that in just a couple of minutes. We'll let you hear some more from that documentary. It is a, it is a, a, a major documentary in terms of new information. And it is why I am stating that these officers deserve a new trial. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Good morning, Norman. And happy Thanksgiving. Good morning, Dominic. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Same to you. Thank you. I'm just wondering, uh, this vehicle, um, was this an electrical vehicle? Because when they go up, they go up. I mean, this, this thing, this thing was completely burned up. I mean, they were doing a hundred miles an hour, but still, uh, these, when, when these things go up, I, they couldn't, what it burned the plate up and stuff. I mean, Uh, according to the governor, there was nothing left. I mean, that's, I don't know these these uh, these electrical cars. Uh, these, uh, from what I understand, they're like little bombs. So uh, that's, that may be another reason not to go not to go electrical. Well, I I hear you, Norman, and I I don't want to speculate. Uh, the only thing I can tell you is the many times I have traveled the bridge, either direction, right? Either direction. Uh, it, it it has always always been at almost a snail's pace where you're moving very slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, bumper by bumper, and it was. It has never been a fast process, either going to Canada or returning from Canada. And so I don't know how this vehicle was able to approach at 100 miles an hour. I, I just don't yeah. see it. I, I, I just yeah, don't, I don't see either. It. But then, then, then you weren't going for a KISS concert, man. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't. This is true. This is true. 
And and that's what officials are telling us. Thank you for the call, Norman. We don't know exactly. You know, I'm sure they could pick up uh, via video a man and woman were in the car. But how do you know, unless you were able to figure out uh, some type of identity and reach out to their family members, but how do you know they were going to a KISS concert in Ontario? How are you able to put this much together thus far? Lou, Long Island, happy Thanksgiving to you. What's on your mind? Yes, happy Thanksgiving also, Dominic and your family. Uh, My theory is it was a Tesla on autopilot, and they have been known to uh, just go nuts and speed up, and the driver can't slow them down. And on impact, that lithium battery exploded. From what I saw, that was an inferno. That was not a gasoline uh, type of uh, explosion, in my opinion. I, I hear you. I, I hear you. I you know I I don't want to speculate, Lou. At this point, I think I'm going to reserve judgment on this one and wait and see what the experts say. But the big question that I have again is I I don't see any scenario possible to hit that border going 100 miles an hour unless because unless your Tesla autopilot went but, nuts. But no. But what it's I'm trying. Been, but what, it's, been, but, it's been shown. But what I'm trying to say is that there's normally such a line that you can't get close enough. You know. So so I I, okay, I just yeah. I I just I just don't know uh, as of this point uh, because the, to be honest with you the line is has now I haven't been up there in a few years but the line has always been so bad. That when when I was, for example, uh, leaving a a suburb of Toronto, right? So you got about an hour's drive from Toronto to Niagara Falls, maybe an hour 15. And then you come right over the bridge. But I I, the lines would be so long by midday. I would I would get up at 5 a.m. just so that I was hitting the border by 7, 730 to get back into the into the U.S. So, you know, I I guess we'll we'll find out the details as uh, as this uh, is um is ongoing uh this investigation thank you for the uh call lou and uh happy thanksgiving to you and your family let's go before we switch gears to the george floyd case let's go to mike in south carolina good morning mike and a happy thanksgiving good morning dominic happy thanksgiving and i gotta give you a shout out okay uh a year ago um you were hosting the show and John Casamitidis, I had the pleasure of speaking with him for the only time. I mentioned my dad, rest in peace, 52 years supermarkets, 52, manager, district manager. And my mom uh, was three weeks uh, uh, after she passed away. She was 90. And uh, what you do, Dominic, um, a lot of people appreciate. You got a lot of fans. And I'll tell you this too in closing um, keep doing what you're doing, Dominic because uh, you continue to really become an ace. And uh, I got to tell you this, my my grandfather, mom's father, I was five years old when he passed away. And every time I watch the show, everybody loves Raymond. That's where mom is from. My grandfather, what was his name? Dominic. He was a horse and buggy junk man in Limbrook, broken English. You know what? That's my little bit of my history, Dominic. Mm. And um, yeah. So, uh, Dominic, all the best, and uh, raise a glass to you on Thanksgiving and every other day. Well, right right back at you, right back at you. Thank you so much for the call, Mike. 
Before I switch gears, let's go to Tony and Clifton. Good morning, Tony. Happy Thanksgiving. Dominic, honey, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I hope you enjoy it, and we're thankful for you for being here with us on WABC through all these crazy days and nights. (laughs) Yes, yes. But, But what I was thinking of is, you know, it would be nice. I would want witnesses to say, who, who was along the route? We, did we pick up at 100 right away, or did we just do 100, like you were saying, which you don't even know how they could do? It's I mean, impossible, person, based on the last time that I was there. But obviously, it's not impossible because it happened. Right. And, like, how long were we doing 100? You know, that would be, you know, did we pick it up about a mile away, a half a mile away? You know, there's no sort of story. There's a story here. People must have seen something. And mm-hmm. there's not really much of a story being told. If you were there, you would say, gee, I saw that car going about 50 and it picked up to 100 when it got to, you know, there's no like witnesses that are going to describe what happened. And I'm sure people saw it, Dominic. Agreed. Agreed. And th- this is a story, Tony, where we will find out details perhaps overnight. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight is coming up, but certainly a bit tomorrow. Uh, on this Thanksgiving day, and and we'll we'll find out further details. Thank you so much for your call, Tony, and happy Thanksgiving. Love you, Dominic. Thank you. Love you, too. Thank you very much. So the other topic we're dealing with, 9 o'clock, I was in for Bill O'Reilly, and I saw the uh, documentary, right? I saw the documentary as it relates to the George Floyd case, and the new documentary is called the fall of Minneapolis. So I got off the show uh, last night, got home, and sometimes, sometimes, I guess like all of us, I couldn't fall asleep. And so I said, let me put this on right now. I was pleasantly surprised that I was able to see it for free, the documentary, right? Imagine that, free, was able to, I was getting the migrant treatment, right? So I, I, I put it on. And then I had a little problem. And the little problem I had was that I couldn't turn it off. And so now this is how I was captivated by it. So now it's it's 4.35 a.m. And I'm watching back and forth, back and forth, taking notes, rewinding. I'm doing the journalist thing. And then next thing I know, the clock says a quarter to 6 a.m. And then I said, you know what? And so now I have the laptop with me in bed with the headphones on, right? So I don't make much noise. And I'm still watching. And I said, you know what? I better put this thing away. And uh, I'll, con- I'll continue watching this a bit later on. But during uh, Bill O'Reilly's program, we played sound from Officer Chauvin, and we played sound body cam video of uh, Mr. Floyd, who was very high on something. Uh, and that's not just me speculating. The autopsy found fentanyl in his system. And we played the body cam video with the officers even before Chauvin arrived. Uh, they tried to get Mr. Floyd into the vehicle, and he did what some repeat criminals do. And he tried to explain to them that, you know, he was claustrophobic. He didn't want to go into the car. Bottom line is he didn't want to go to jail. And so, you know, when we look at 
He didn't want to go to jail again. When we look at what happened in Minneapolis, and one of the things that stood out at me, I'm about to let you hear. Remember, the city gave up an entire police precinct to the mob, the mob that was rioting. Remember that. And it deeply hurt the police officers that were assigned to that third precinct. And I want you to listen to this. This is part of the documentary. And sometimes you folks will call up here and you'll say, well, how come police didn't do this? And I'll say to you, because they they have orders. And so you're going to hear these actual police officers being told, stand down by the uh, dispatcher. They were under attack. They wanted to respond. I believe in this case with rubber bullets, the dispatcher said, stand down. That is a negative. So a lot of times it's out of the hands of the police officers. Again, this is part of the documentary where the police, the Floyd case has just happened. The mobs are everywhere taking over the precinct and the cops are told to do nothing. Stand down. The crowds got larger and larger and larger, so we knew that we were going to have our hands full. Each day, it, it just compounded. By the end of the day, it was probably a 1,000 people. And then the next day, it was 4,000 people. And then the day after that, it was like eight to 10,000 people. I think it's really important for people to understand that the police that were working the street at that time were dealing with situations that, in my mind, only you could think of as wartime. This is like a modern-day war zone. I mean, this is this is unbelievable what is happening on the streets of Minneapolis. So we are seeing someone being wheeled away, someone who looks pretty badly injured. They threw a whole bunch of bottles and rocks, and I got hit in my mouth. I ended up breaking three more teeth. Break that! We were dodging water bottles, bricks, Roman candles, anything they could get their hands on. It was crazy. It was like I was living in a, a third world country. I'm like, what is going on? Where do I live right now? Hey, 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 hey. And this is a thing that bothered me about government officials is they let people sit back and throw rocks and bricks and firebombs. And we're supposed to just put on a helmet and take that. We are still taking rocks, frozen water bottles. They're shooting mortars at us. Can we escalate our use of force to deploy scat rounds? 1204, negative on the scat rounds. 1204, again, negative on the scat rounds. There's another plan in place, standby. When did you realize this wasn't a typical riot response? Pretty early on, there was no no response at all. They didn't say why, but I assumed they didn't want to make us look militant with the rioters. I actually had gear, but they were just saying, just wear your helmets and and stand there, basically. Obviously, they didn't take my request for more resources seriously. So we were just watching it unfold without less than lethal, without SWAT teams, without riot gear. Nobody had protective gear on. We were just in our uniforms. At this point, they're not giving you permission to wear your riot gear? Nope. There was no riot gear given to anybody at that point. And we're in the middle of a war zone. Middle of a war zone. Next half hour. You know, we want to wonder why police are are, are retiring in, in droves and the numbers that they are. 
I'm going to let you hear another part of the documentary in a few minutes about why, in this particular case, why scores and scores and scores of officers retired. Also, you have not heard much from the black police officer in the George Floyd case. Right? So he's in prison. And what's not out there publicly, the first officer to confront Mr. Floyd happened to be the black police officer. The last person that closed the door to the ambulance taking Mr. Floyd away happened to be the black police officer. But as he says, this goes against the narrative of what prosecutors wanted the public to hear. Let's go right back to your telephone calls, Pete in Toronto. Good morning, Pete. What's on your mind? Good morning, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Same to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Let me add this to your case. Uh, This guy was found guilty in the trial, then he appealed it, and you said it was a Supreme Court that said, no, we're not accepting the appeal? Yes, the Supreme okay. Court declined to take okay. the case off. All right. Well, during that time, he also pled guilty to three federal charges. And this is where it gets real sticky. Uh, one was civil rights against George Floyd. One was civil rights against the 17-year-old kid. Okay, I, I got it. I got it. Well, what, what's your okay. point, Pete? What, what's the point you're trying to make? Well, I pled guilty to those before his appeal was heard. Right, but Pete, so, it, but Pete, if, Pete, Pete, okay. Pete, Pete, if if the whole world is right. coming down on you, like yeah. like like with Derek Chauvin, at some yeah. point, don't you cut your losses? Absolutely. So that's what happened. Okay, you're right. right. So no, you're so, right because if there's also a tax case that he uh, walked away with the money from. Seriously. There's three separate sentences that supersede the Minnesota state sentence. This is the point I'm trying to get you. Okay, fair enough. But bottom line, he he was not, bottom line, Officer Chauvin was not walking away. The federal government government had decided the the way this was going to go. Yes, and he was over-sentenced. They all were over-sentenced. So, you know, that's the way it is. But you're a top reporter for pointing it out. I well, just wanted you. to tell you the procedural that they followed. They knew they were dead. This is just certifying it. They pled guilty while their appeal was being heard. Even right. if they won the appeal, you'd still be doing 21 years for the other civil rights case that he pled guilty to. Right, right. All right. Pete in Toronto. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your call. Let's go to Isabel in Manhattan. Good morning, Isabel. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC on this Thanksgiving Hi. morning. Hi, Dominic. Have a happy Thanksgiving Day. Same to you and your family. Thanks. I wanted to say that most officers are true heroes. They are. But this killer treated Mr. Floyd as an inconvenience and not as a troubled man. Okay, but when you say that, can can you elaborate a bit on what you mean, please? 
Um, he uh, he was stepping on, or I don't know what he was stepping on. It looked like he was stepping on Mr. Floyd or, or kneeling on him, and he stayed there for a long, 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 long time. That's the narrative that the media wants you to, to know. That's the narrative. Do, 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 do you understand, Isabel, the, the full story based on what Officer Chauvin and, and, his, and the other officers, what they're saying? Happened? Yes, I've heard about that. Yes. Okay. But um, he stayed on him from for a long, a long, long time. He stayed on him. It's like he he couldn't care less if he did kill him. He couldn't but you care see, less. But but again, that's the media narrative. That's the media narrative based mm-hmm. on the cell phone video that was recorded. It, it, you, okay. Oh. So so did you know how Mr. Floyd behaved prior? To Mr. Chauvin no, arriving well, he, on the scene? Well, of course. Of course, he was on drugs, so he couldn't act normal. He, he couldn't act normally. And that but, gives uh, him a complete pass to do the things that he did? No, 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 no. But the so-called officer wouldn't get off him. He wouldn't get off him. He, and Mr. Floyd could hardly breathe if he bre- was breathing at all, you know? Okay. It just he and he was nonchalant. That that so-called police officer was was acting like he couldn't care less. Okay. So what we're going to do is tossing to a break. I want you to hear a bit of the back and forth between Mr. Floyd and the officers. And when we come back, Isabel, thank you for the call and and happy Thanksgiving. When we come back, we will continue on this as well as the car up at the uh, Canadian border, New York State borderline. We'll take your calls from Brooklyn, Saratoga, and other calls from around the tri-state area. What's going on? What is what? Let's take him out. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. What was it like going to 911 calls after the riots? I was the first officer at multiple shootings. I was involved with gun calls. And I'm just like, one of these situations is not going to turn out good. I mean, no matter what I do, it's 
I'm going to be either the next Chauvin or I'm going to be shot or killed. And I go, I've already been injured twice in this job, you know, bad. And now, you know, now at the end of my career, I'm going to get hurt again or end up in prison. When did you decide to leave the Minneapolis Police Department? I've been in several riots in this city or protests or whatever you want to call them. And of all the different riots I've been in, that's probably the first time I've ever felt helpless. That are some of the police officers that have retired. I'll let you continue to hear that in just a moment, uh, that have retired following the George Floyd case. I am telling you folks, right? So since 1985, against police officers, I was perhaps the lead reporter uh, investigating police corruption, alleged police corruption in New York City, police misconduct. I am telling you, 40-year career, this is a miscarriage of justice. Now, when it comes to Officer uh, Chauvin, I, I, I don't know what a second jury might find, but he deserves a second tr- uh, trial. According to this documentary, the autopsy results were changed after the FBI got involved pressuring uh, the uh, medical examiner. Uh, Mr. Floyd had fentanyl in his system. Mr. Floyd had severe heart issues. 75% of one artery was closed. That means that you are a walking heart attack, perhaps deadly, and it's only a matter of time till it's going to happen. So any strenuous activity, because your heart is not, your heart is pumping overtime, overtime. Any strenuous activity could kill you when you have one artery that's blocked at 75%. And these officers are claiming, I'm going right back, we see all of your calls, they're claiming that they were taught in the academy to do something called MRT. And what that means is when you have someone like Mr. Floyd, right, that is completely high on God knows what, and out of control, and you can't get him in the car, because he will not sit still. He will not let you close those car doors because he knows that means he's going to jail. So he tries every trick in the book. I'm claustrophobic. Everything. I just got over COVID. Everything he could think of. He then says, if you listen carefully, put me on the ground. They pull him out the car, put him on the ground, and then that's when the situation happens with Mr. Uh, Chauvin. But the MRT according to Chauvin and all these police officers that have retired now, they all say they received the training, even though the police commissioner said it's not so on the witness stand. And what it means is when you have someone like Mr. Floyd, that's out of control in handcuffs, but you still can't get this person to calm down. You put your knee on their back to hold them in place because uh, Mr. Floyd would not sit still. And so therein lies the problem that at some point we see Mr. Chauvin's knee on Mr. Floyd's neck. Now, his his supporters say if you look at different cameras from different angles, his knee was indeed on Mr. Floyd's back. Let's continue with your telephone calls. Let's go to Alex in Brooklyn. Good morning, Alex. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC on this Thanksgiving. 
Hey, good morning, Dominic. Thanks for taking the call. And I, I think that whoever switched around the autopsies of George Floyd needs to be held accountable because the ramifications of that are really so beyond. And it was so crazy what happened in so-called the summer of love. Um, but I think Derek Chauvin deserves a trial. And even more than that, I think, you know, he deserves a trial for the sake of all the cops in this country, because what the left did with this story of Derek Chauvin and George Floyd, they used that story to label all cops in this country as murderous, uh, rape, racists. And right, right. Alex, it, I, Alex I, I, I feel you. But but you can't make an argument in court that this person is entitled to they'll laugh you out of the courtroom is entitled to a new trial based on all the way all police have been treated. It doesn't work that way. No, got, that's not what I'm saying. What okay. I'm saying is that the left was saying George uh, Derek Chauvin was a racist and that and he tried to kill uh, George Floyd, which the evidence now that that's coming to light and that people are talking about more more about now. I mean, it's been around for a while. Um, is showing that George Floyd really killed himself because it was on that high dope and he was going to die eventually. Or um, it, it definitely wasn't only putting the foot on the neck, right? That that, that that wasn't the intentions of Derek Chauvin to kill George Floyd. But the left was saying that why were they protesting against cops all across the country? Because they said this story reflects on the racism in, in the cops in this country. So I think not only for the sake of George of Derek Chauvin, I think he, he him on his on himself, he deserves to have a retrial because of the the, the evidence that they hid and they didn't allow him to uh, put in the court and they lied to the people and the jury. And but for the sake of the cops in this country. Right, but but see, show see, that, see, but you lose right, me the, when you keep saying the, I'm not talking about yeah, the court. You, I'm not when, talking when, about when, in the court. Well, once you once you make it plural, you've lost me. The only thing yeah, that I'm applies not talking about in the, right. The only thing that applies, I'm, and what you just said is, is is on point as it relates to Officer uh, Chauvin. And I'll do you one better. Right. His lawyer claims that he wanted to uh, present a photo from the manual showing the MRT training and the judge said no. Now, if that's right, not so presidential, not, if that, if, if that's not being prejudiced, I don't know what is. Right. Now I'm not saying, I think we should try to get a retrial and say, Hey, we should have a retrial for the sake of the, all the cops in this country. No, I'm saying because of, 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 for Derek Chauvin and because he was mistreated in this trial and he didn't try to kill George Floyd. But I'm saying that I think it would be a great thing for all the cops in this country if Derek Chauvin gets a retrial because of how all the cops were mistreated because of the lies that came out about the story. And so if we can prove the record straight and and, you know, debunk the lies by the left that Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd and that that reflects on all the cops in this country, if even this singular story that they were able to find and, and try to use it to reflect on all the cops, even if even that wasn't a racist, murderous, uh, you know, act um, done by a cop, then I think that would clean the clean it up. And for 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 all the cops in this country, and all, so many cop haters will be convinced that it's not like it is, uh, right. and what they were told by the media right. about how racist the cops are in the U.S. Alex, thank you, thank you for the call, folks. Before we take a break. For the uh, Chronicles of Dominic Carter on this Thanksgiving morning, you know, we forget about the fact that 50 percent 
of the responding officers on the Floyd case happened to be minority. You had a black police officer that was the first one and the last one to confront Mr. Floyd. And you also had an Asian-American officer on scene. Derek Chauvin didn't arrive until almost all hell broke loose. But all of that goes against the narrative. The black police officer that's part of this documentary, I want you to listen to what he has to say about all this. Alex, it seems practically everyone talks about how Officer Derek Chauvin, who is white, was with George Floyd for eight or nine minutes. But there's you, a black police officer who was with George Floyd for much longer, practically 18 minutes from the moment he was handcuffed until you close the ambulance door. Why is this fact rarely ever mentioned? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Despite, like you said, the fact that I am black and that another colleague of mine, Cal, is Asian. So really half the attending officers were in the minority. I think that was something that they just didn't want to admit, specifically my race, because, it, again, it goes very counterintuitive to the way the narrative goes. They couldn't backpedal. And prosecutors could not. Now, remember, this African-American officer had been on the job for a week. One week. He continued what he had to say in this documentary. How do you get through every day in prison, Alex? Prison is a very, very unique experience, I can say. Uh, One I never thought I'd see myself in, but it's very easy to get caught up in a lot of self-wallowing, a lot of whatever thoughts you have in your own head. And the easiest way to do it is to take it day by day. Do little things here and there that you can keep doing to take time off your sentence, keep pushing the days forward, and just keep your head up and know that uh, this ultimately this isn't the end and this won't define me. Alex, what do you want people to know about this case? What's been done is done, and I just hope that at the very least, people in the future can keep an open mind and not let instances like this happen. Just use my case as an example is to not jump the gun, not knee-jerk, not fall to this race bait to the social media, to the media, and let them get away with what they do. Because if things like this keep happening, no one anywhere is going to have any sense of justice left. I'm here to tell you, these four officers were railroaded. I'm stating this objectively as a journalist. And as I'm tossing to a break, unfortunately for them, they are at almost the end of their rope. The Supreme Court has already said no one time to Mr. Chauvin. He's trying to get a uh, another uh, hearing, but he's in the 11th hour. And in all likelihood, he is going to finish his sentence. History has moved on from these four police officers, and they were railroaded. I will be right back. You're listening to one of the most iconic stations in the nation. An American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. 
Well, this is something that you know is going on. The MTA is losing staggering amounts of money as subway bus fare beating is surging. Fare beating on the bus and subway system is rising, costing the MTA millions of dollars a year. Nearly 41% of bus riders commuted without paying on routes across the city during the third quarter of 2023. It's not funny. I do apologize. According to figures from the MTA, that's up 4% from when the agency released its uh, exhaustive fare beating report in May. On the MTA Select Bus Service, which operates some of the busiest routes in New York City, fare dodging is as high as 48%. And we all know it's happening with the subway system as well. We are talking about the new documentary about the George Floyd case and Officer Derek uh, Chauvin and his three uh, fellow officers that were convicted and sent to prison. Uh, as we're going back to your telephone calls, I want you to hear a little bit of the body cam video of how combative, of how high, and how much Mr. Floyd fought not to be placed into the police car. I don't want to do none of y'all, man. Nothing. Hey, you got that inside and in your pocket real quick on your side? Hey, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. And I understand that, 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 that people do stuff. It's, and, 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 and y'all don't know me. Take a seat. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Why are you having trouble walking? Because, out, because out of my, my hands are hurt. Down, we will okay. please, man. Please don't do that. Take a seat. I'm going in. I'm going in. No, you're not. You got to go in. Take a seat. Grab a seat, man. Why y'all don't believe me? Take a good. seat. I'm not the kind of guy. I'm not the kind of guy, man. Take a seat. No, I'm a dieter. I'm a die, man. You need to take a seat Yo. right now. And I just had COVID, man. I don't want to go back to that. And so what they're referencing at that point, they're walking him to the patrol car. And uh, Mr. Mr. <laughs> it's not funny, but but Mr. Floyd does not want to go into the car. So he literally falls to the ground. He's handcuffed. They're walking. He literally just like drops right in front of the uh, patrol car. Then they spend the next couple of minutes trying to get him to sit in the patrol car and then he lays down in the patrol car and comes out the other way. And he's fighting and kicking the entire time. And they cannot get control of him. That's when he says, okay, lay me on the ground. They lay him on the ground. And, and now he's, he's completely out of control. And that's when Chauvin comes in with what he says is the MRT, the treatment uh, that, 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 uh, that made world international headlines. Let's take as many calls as we can going up until the top of the hour. Larry in Brooklyn. Good morning, Larry. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Same to you, Dominic. Listen, I, I, I believe you could not be more hopelessly wrong. Okay. Uh, First of all, I believe the reason he was fighting is because he was innocent. He passed a 20 counterfeit. He didn't know it was counterfeit. An innocent man doesn't want to go to jail. That's number one. Hey, Larry, do you, do you like, Larry, one. Larry, do you yeah. like just calling up to argue the opposite point of view just for the sake of it? No. Have you, you don't have, know what the hell okay, you're talking Larry, about. Have you, Larry, I don't know what don't I'm talking about. Larry, 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 yeah. Larry, every time I put you on with somebody, like a little 
whatever, you hang up and go run away. And you're talking every about every no. single time. And you're talking about, I don't know what I'm talking about. You just like to yell over people. Larry, you don't know what the Larry, hell Larry, you're stupid, Larry, man. Larry, have you, seen, have you seen the video? Yes, I did. The full video. The full, I don't know what the full, the abbreviated, I saw it one time. That was enough. Okay. okay. And so by seeing the video, you know that Mr. Floyd is innocent. He passed a twenty dollar bill count. We don't. You don't. And if you pass a twenty, are you kidding me? That's a federal crime. Are you kidding me? It's a crime, but he didn't know. Larry, you don't think brothers in the hood know what's bills are real and which ones are not? Are you kidding me? Sometimes not. Sometimes not. Not everybody knows. Are you serious? Larry, you this guy, Larry, I'm not assuming anything. You don't know what you're talking about. This man was do? a career criminal. Okay, but nevertheless, listen to me. He was fighting because he, he may have had a he breathing was fighting, problem. Larry, he may have had called, a breathing Larry, problem. Larry, Larry, let me educate you. In the community, we call it pimping. He was doing anything and everything to avoid being placed in that car. It's called in the hood trying to get over. That's what it's called, Larry. He did not want to go into the police car because he did not want to go to jail. I know, but he was he was panicking. I know the difference between somebody doesn't want to get arrested. He was panicking because he was high. Genuinely panicking, Larry. He was panicking. He was panicking. Why do you got to? Because you don't know what you're talking about. I feel I feel that way about you, but we're not going to get anywhere. So then, okay, so so then, if you feel that way about me, why do you call me nightly? Why do I call you? Because I want to get the truth out there. That's why I want to get the truth. Okay, Larry, Larry, Larry. There are a bunch of other shows on WABC. You don't have to call this one. I call you, the you, other ones, too. I want okay, to get the truth out Okay, there. okay, Larry, Larry. I'll accept Larry. your invitation. I'll accept what, your what, your, what? I'll accept oh, please, 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 please accept sure. my invitation. Call every other show. The truth. Call every other show. Call every other show except this one. Please. You cannot please. handle the truth, Larry. Dominic. Larry, you know, I'm not a rude person, but meet Mr. You Click. Are. You're done. Meet Mr. Click. And I'm going to follow through on that. Please don't wait a week and then start calling back this show. Don't call back this show. No offense. Call Frank. Call Rita. Call anybody. You don't ever know what you're talking about. And frankly, I take your call out of amusement. If you want me to be completely honest with you, you don't know what you're talking about. Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. Happy Thanksgiving. What's on your mind? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, wow. Uh, Thanksgiving. That's going to be new for me, but you know what's amazing? Everyone reminds me of my mother. My mother just recently passed, and by saying this is your first Thanksgiving without your mother, I just want to say everything in life is a first. You just don't jump and do something. This is part of life. But I have to agree with Larry a little bit. Don't cut me up, but only the fact that I said a little bit, that, that basically – he did not struggle on the ground. I saw the video and everything. I, I disagree with um, Chauvin should be getting out, but the other three officers, they didn't do anything that caused his death. Wait, wait, wait. Audrey, Audrey, Audrey. You didn't see Mr. Floyd struggle tremendously in the car and on the ground to the degree that they had to play, hold his legs down. You didn't see that? 
Maybe you saw a different video, but the video I was watching was a young lady that uh, videoed the, the, okay, the right. beginning to the end. Right. No, 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 no. That's the young right. lady that was standing on the side. That's the video that the world has seen. Have you seen the world? Have you the- seen have you seen the body cam videos? Yes, I've seen Orphan Showman's body cam and all the other ones, that, you know, but it's just to put all this together. Please don't beat me up. It's just a matter of opinion. I think Showman should stay in jail. The other three basically should get out because they really didn't harm this man. It's eight minutes and 36 seconds. Please take my call. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> hey, Audrey, Audrey, I'll always take your call. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't have, I, I, I take everybody's calls. It's just know, that Larry... Larry, sometimes, you know, this guy is off his rocker to begin with. He needs help. He's a lonely man. Obviously, he's a lonely man, but I'm not the one. Yes, you are. No, 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 no. I'm not the one. I'm I'm not the one. I'm really not the one. Not the one you think. Don't get angry. You're the type of person that'll let someone go. No, 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 no. Some people can take it. Some people can take it. And, and, general, and, general, and generally, the reason, why, the reason why, Audrey, is because I have three minutes, two minutes left. Frank is sitting here, and we got Frank, five calls. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> Thank you, Audrey. Thanks, so, Audrey. Hey, so, Frank. Yes. So, I have, uh, you, I have just passed uh, Larry to you. I'll take him. And he says he's, he promised never to call me again. Wow. So... So he's now, so I'm going to see if he can keep his word. Can I get an exclusive I, I, to Larry? I, I, I'll give him a week. I'll give him a week until he starts calling again. Uh, I, I think you're being generous. <laughs> Let's see where he is tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving. You too, man. Nobody I'd rather spend Thanksgiving with than you. <laughs> Do you see they have nice Thanksgiving dinners for us in the refrigerator? Oh, oh. Did oh, you see that? Yeah, no. No? No, no. no looks, no. looks pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Turkey. It looked that way. I didn't open it up yet. Yes. It looks like there were at least some string beans. I don't know. I can't string comment. Beans. I can't comment on the full menu. Okay, I, I better stop talking. We have uh, forty no, seconds you left. Talk. You can stick around for the nope, first nope, hour nope, if you nope, want. Nope. So you can do the whole four hours. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have coming up in just seconds? All right, uh, we got a lot of fun Thanksgiving stuff today. Uh, we there's been so many depressing things in the news. We're going to make an effort to keep it light, keep it upbeat, keep it fun. There is some interesting hard news that I am going to comment on. Singer Christina Fontanelli is going to join. Join me in the 3 o'clock hour and uh, get some fun Thanksgiving stuff that we're going to do in the next four hours.